Let's roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. Join your hosts, Mark Zylinski, Jeremy Duval, and Rob Fanouf as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Rob Fanouf. Tonight, we are blessed once again to be joined by Kawe from Westphalia Miniatures. Every time Kawe is on the show, I'm assured of two things, an amazing conversation that jumps all over the place and a two-hour recording that ends up being edited to one hour. Tonight is no exception. We chat about the aptly named Third Breakfast for another helping of his great Halfman range. If you haven't jumped on the train before, this is the one to get on as the range will be available at its lowest prices to date. Along the way, we continue our ongoing discussion of Kickstarter, along with a host of other interesting topics. So sit back in your favorite chair and enjoy. We haven't chatted in a while. It's been since, I was looking back at my notes, November was the last time. It goes quick, doesn't it? Yeah, it does go quick. Let's just start off with, what have you been up to lately? <laughs> it's a crazy time, really, because I was actually uh, uh, um, helping some guy. Uh, he's here in Montreal. He's actually doing like some... It's interesting. It's, it's an audio adventure book, right? Basically like an application that you can download on your mobile device. And then by, by only talking and listening, you can play this adventure. Like, like basically like one of these um, choose your own adventure books, just without really, you don't need to use your eyes or your hands. So it's perfect to just paint and play these games. So and I had to do a lot of QA, which led me to like sitting there for hours playing that game and painting. And uh, it actually helped me to even break like the, the, the what do you call it, the painter's, painter's block. Mm-hmm. I, I, I overcame it thanks to this fantastic application, which That's I shamelessly awesome. advertise at this point. That's because awesome. Because basically, there's a tiny, tiny Kickstarter online that they, that, they, that they put online. It's part of their sort of like monetization strategy. It's actually very quiet around there because they're not really from that RPG field or something like this. So they haven't had much feedback. Interestingly enough, 12 years ago for... Two years I worked in Montreal already uh, when I was still working in video games. And this guy, the same guy, used to be my boss at this point. So um, back then already we used to hang out and talk. But I think Talisman at this point still or something like this, you know, like older games, you know, Warhammer mm-hmm. sort of thing. Things have changed uh, since quite a bit. I mean, it's 12, 13 years ago, right? I don't know which edition of Warhammer was that. Sixth, likely. And uh, all the dates are forgotten. You know, usually I say like, oh yeah, that's from the 80s or 90s, and often I'm even wrong with that. You know, so so it's uh, just because I didn't bother too much learning that sort of like stuff like others. You know, there's like people like stamp collectors. You know, they know, know their entire collection by heart, know when, what date something was printed and that sort of thing. I never got to that point. As many <laughs> as, you know, you're, I not, just, you're like, not fanatical enough. No, no, it's, for me, it's about playing with them, really enjoying them and playing with them, right? Exactly. I mean, I appreciate that there's like uh, uh, some some blokes that kind of like got into collecting, like for example, old Citadel stuff. And uh, I mean, uh, it's a good thing. But in all honesty, if I if I'd have access to their collections, I'd likely just break everything open and start painting and playing, right? Exactly. Because that's so me. Anyway, we forget what's the name of the company that's putting out this new game. It's called Spoken Adventures. Spoken Adventures, and they're on Kickstarter, and so we'll have a link in the show notes. Fantastic. Yes, I would really appreciate that. And um, again, it's it's actually really, uh, I mean, it sounds stupid, but it's so perfect for, for war gamers. Is it associated with the Dark Eye? 
That's with the dark guy, exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, because I mean, the dark guy is big because not not because of figurines or wargaming, but because of their sort of like they have they started developing a world really 35 years ago and they stuck to it. So uh, it's just an incredibly comprehensive experience, and uh, too 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 many also overwhelming, right? Because it's just like so in detail by now. It's like you really. Sometimes it's I found I find it's it's easier to dive like in, in, in a world that's less developed just because you can easier get a grip on like most important things, right? With the dark eye, with, I mean they have like thirty books. Some of them were hugely successful. The the density of of of, of fluff is just really breathtaking, you know. It's uh, but anyway, this is this is also the reason why in a way like with the old Star Wars movies, right? You had like all of these 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 items that were like really sort of like weathered. Right. And all look dirty and like used in a way. And that's what made this whole thing believable and so special compared to other productions of the time. And it's a bit like that with the dark eye. It just, it feels really darn real, you know? And, uh, I think this is, this is, this is what I like about it. Things that are happening. We have, we are about, now that I'm, now that I'm on it, we are actually fulfilling a dark eye Kickstarter at the very moment. Um, we have already, sent about 50% of the parcels was a successful one with many hundreds of backers. So, uh, but we are well on track and, uh, will fulfill before the actual date given in the Kickstarter, which makes me very happy, which was something that I was aspiring to for uh, quite a while. And now, now I'm, I'm getting that. And, uh, yeah, I'm very happy about it. And we have another two Kickstarters that have already, um, we have already ordered the, the, the miniatures. So they are basically being prepared. They were rather small in comparison, but still there's like a, a total of like maybe, um, 120, 130 backers from these two Kickstarters that also need to be sorted. It was like, we spoke about that briefly, the, the feral elves, feral lands Kickstarter was awesome. I think, I think it was. And, uh, um, some adventures of Siegfried kind of like thing that was like, I, we had like, me and Michael Anderson actually had like some sort of like weird sort of like flashbacks of old Warhammer stuff and books and we kind of like got Drachenfels done, you know, uh, of, of all, of all characters. I don't know if you, if you are into, into the fluff of, of, of the old world. Oh yes. Oh yes. I mean, Drachenfels is a big, is a big, is a big name in that, in that field, right? So, and, and we kind of like, there is like this one illustration of him. And uh, um, so we got him done, obviously, and we got like a, we called him Siegfried, but naturally, really, it's like a pre-Eskansion uh, Sigma, right? Like as a proper barbarian already has like Galmaras, like the, the thing of the dwarves is with him as a trapper. Obviously, you can't call it like that. You can't talk about it like this. But these minis have never been done and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, now we have something new coming up. So, I, I mean, I remember lots of times you telling me, oh, I don't know what I could possibly do with Halfling, I think. We've done it all. <laughs> you know, I would say, well, I think you need a flying goat or you need a griffin. Oh, well, you're like, well, you know, I don't know. So d- did my insistent nagging finally break you down? You know, I must say you're not the only one who asked, actually, for, for flying animals. Even so personally, I mean, I just, don't take that as an offense, but I think it's 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 quite it's quite... It's a bit, no, it's not silly, but maybe it, it pushes it a bit too far. You know, it's, I've seen actually, that said, I've seen a gentleman who was putting our halfling gold knights on, um, on, I don't know what you call them, these griffin dogs, these baby griffins from, from Warhammer. Uh, yeah, um, they're one of you know, the new, I don't know I don't, what they're called, Stormcast models. Likely, you know, like, like they are basically like dogs, like, like baby griffins or something like this. They sat on there and, dude, it looked just fantastic 
Really good. So, and um, that was when I realized there is actually some room for wings, right? And the whole thing, and it doesn't look completely ridiculous and out of place. I'm still pondering, however, what exactly that should be, because I feel like the goats are a bit too small uh, for for wings. And, and maybe the griffins are too big. Yeah, exactly. And I feel, I feel like griffins are also a bit like, you know, I would I would like to stick to the Sarsfalia thing of like doing something original. You know, we, we, we like, for example, I'm, I'm still kind of proud that we, with our halfling range, that we didn't go, went ahead and just copied another kind of like, either like, very generic, sort of like Victorian range that reminds you a bit of the Lord of the Rings or uh, uh, the Warhammer thing. Yeah, the big fat round guy with the with the soup, you know, the ladle and the, the cook's hat. Yeah, we went like uh, just down this 100-year war route and it really worked for us and very well. So You're unusual in the market and you have realistically proportioned halfmen. Uh, and, I mean, that's even, I think there was, there's now a, a range of, there's even a range of hard plastic halflings coming up. They are... Um, Certainly, certainly, certainly. In this, in terms of design, th- these people they're looking at what we are doing, not at what Games Workshop was doing, for example, right? Obviously, like with hard plastic, that's like a, a big thing because we initially wanted to do it ourselves, right? And I mean, we ha- we actually have the concept still and that sort of thing. And what we are, what we are actually doing, which leads me back out to the current Kickstarter, we are we are not doing the three ups now. We are actually uh, scaling back and just doing them in a normal size. And not only that, we actually we offer them for a price that resembles indeed hard plastic, at least during this campaign, which means like you can like choose your pledge as normal and pledge like for the figurines you like, but you can also kind of like choose army builder blocks that are incredibly affordable that resemble like the pricing also of hard plastics to kind of like get like a bit of this to get to give a bit back also to the people that were really supporting this fire to the point that they did. Right, because I mean, without without our customers and backers, we'd be nowhere, right? And especially during during times like, for example, now, I mean, poor poor Matt, really, and my heart is, is with him. Uh, when he was when he was off for, for this horrid time, when his when his mommy was so sick and passed eventually, right? And uh, um, you know, I'm I'm actually I'm really grateful that these people are so patient. Isn't that a testament to the product you're putting out? To, to, to some degree, I, I, I think it, it might be, but I, I, I'd like to attribute it to, to, to our customers just being incredibly good people, like people as they should be. You know, like, I mean, for example, um, I wasn't raised in a Christian tradition, but uh, uh, um, I think these, these, these are the values that, that I'm looking for, right? These, these sort of like being respectful towards each other and helpful. And uh, like if somebody's in, the, in a situation of distress, that you kind of like, try and support them rather than like getting the leech, the leech out and whipping away. Right. And, uh, yeah, all that said, I'm actually Matt really went, went through, of, through with that without, without too much stress, at least not from my side. And, uh, had a chance to really nurse his mommy during this time. And, uh, I think this is incredibly important. Also, I'm, I'm actually happy, very happy that we had the chance to be supportive of him in that situation. It, it'll pay dividends down the road. I am a big fan of karma, right? And I think, you know, you treat everybody the way you want to be treated. Well, I mean, you know, frankly, I mean, having the shop closed for almost three months and that sort of thing, I can't say that this was help, financially helping. It wasn't. <laughs> but so, I mean, but again, this is not, this was not the issue. But I mean, I can, this is part of the reason also. Another uh, part of the reason that we don't now do a Kickstarter. Right, because it helps us really to assemble like uh, orders to get like numbers right that we want to order. You know, it would be so so painful if we order, for example, 50 packs of gold knights, and then 
50 packs go away in two days and people want more, or we keep sitting on them and have another. There's a Kickstarter. You have always like the, the sort of like planning security, right? This, this is what makes it so attractive for us in a moment like this in particular, right? When, when, when our production needs to be sort of like optimized to, for uh, the shop and everything to get back on track. So yeah. Um, very affordable sort of like new choices. The choices are mostly, there's like basically two basic choices, right? Because we, we were thinking like, what would we have done if we have realized a hard plastic set, right? And this would be, uh, certainly that would be, uh, um, like some, some pole arms. I don't say pikes, likely not pikes because I, I often feel like, you know, it's personally, it's just again, it's a personal opinion. Um, I feel pikes on the little fork. Have you ever tried holding, holding, holding a, a, a pike? You know, I tried. It's that year war pike. You, you need to actually hold them very firmly and straight upwards if you want to walk around with that thing. If you start tilting that thing, I think you can like some, do some storm war. That's not going to work, right? And especially if this, these little blokes, I feel like a spare is actually quite a proper choice, right? Still, but I, even like long spares, I feel that they look a bit off. So, um, so I, I really opted like for spares because I, I feel that poor arms, generally speaking, are important. Um, I would maybe I would have opted for halberds, but I think actually spares are, are are the better option because it's more generic in a way, you know. And um, obviously we have we have already bows that have like this sort of like medium armor rather than like this heavy armor of the field army, if you will. So uh, um, we we put them into the same deal. So you have choices of like uh, uh, again spear halflings and some sort of like medium armor uh, the bow halflings with medium armor and even a command set you know and all of them you can buy like for uh, um, what was it I mean so it's, it's I, I don't have the exact number right now in, in my head but it's it was less than than one pound I think I think 80p or something like this or 70p Again, very good value. Yeah, something that resembles certainly the 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 the, uh, the price that most hard plastic sets, quality hard plastic sets, would have nowadays. And um, yeah, I mean, most of all, they also they they come with a range that is comprehensive to say the least, right? If you if if you buy like uh, um, any product out there, you you can I mean you can. Basically, we have really everything, right? From Robin Hood to, I don't know, Arabs. You know, you put a Facebook post up asking for ideas, and you had like 200 comments the last time I looked. And I know there was somebody that talked about maybe Greek armor, which is which is which was interesting. I didn't, never thought of putting Halfman in Greek armor. We will totally do a halfling hook light. This is this is one of the things that we are actually planning. But we do a single one with, with also like a, sort of like standing there like straight because I think. These you can actually rank up very nicely, and just like if them different shield designs, actually nice if they stand like in the same way. You know, it's uh, so we. This is also what we do in this Kickstarter. We go a bit like more into a fun direction. We try to do um, stuff that's a bit more, uh, um, yeah, out of the blue, if you will, like more like as if you were like then we have all the armies. Now you get like into more into mercenaries, like characters and that sort of thing. And obviously also the sort of like army builder thing for like new players that kind of like would like to see, would like some encouragement with like starting a real army that, I mean, buying a uh, hundred figurines for, for 70 pounds, you, this is, this is value for money, right? And I think this is also what should, what should be interesting for, for sort of like all sorts of war gamers, not only the ones that, that maybe want to start an army, but because they have actually a very unique design. 
then you decide that this is more like along the lines of also but still within this 100 year war theme sort of thing but uh, again like somewhere between the armed peasants and between the proper men at arms right well i can't wait to see it i mean like you said you kind of already got the basic core units already done and so this will be an opportunity to add some more interesting flavor, some one-off pieces that are just going to really add character to your army. Uh, it's also really like to give people a chance to buy value for money, right? I mean, I think this is this is important for many people. I remember times when it was actually very important for me to, to get something for my money, right? And uh, um, like when I was a student, that sort of thing. Uh, so uh, I, want, I think this is actually important because, I mean, it's not affecting most of the ranges, but certainly these figurines and these figurines are also Kickstarter exclusive. So we really try to make sure that like uh, um, this is something that people understand that this is something that we want to give them to kind of like to also underline that the the this event that this crowd that this crowdfunding really is right because it's certainly I can see ourselves hosting another Halfling Kickstarter after that. I must say it already. I. I Honestly, this is as far as it goes for me. And I was. Hell, you say that now. <laughs> I mean, this is number four, and you keep finding a new a new thing to add to them. So I don't know. I have faith in you. Twenty five years ago, I was actually telling a, a friend of mine uh, when when we were like having a beer. Um, you know, this is the last time that I'm making a child. And he was like, "Oh yeah, but you know, you say that now." And so, okay, maybe in twenty years, I do another Halfling Kickstarter where they are interactive and walk around, and we have actually these Star Wars battles, you know, where they kind of like meet each other and fight it out on a little tabletop. But anyway, um, this is, I think, wishful thinking. I think honestly, the chance that I'm doing another Halfling Kickstarter anytime soon, at least, is is small, right? I, I don't, I don't really see that happening, and. and with this in mind, I think it's actually that's that's why we want to really give something back also to the people, like a real sort of like value thing. And also, I mean, um, with, with most pledge levels, you get really uh, uh, um, fantastic value for money. I must say that you know, so um, like price uh, are between pound one fifty to pound one something like this. And um, yeah, I mean, so uh, on the, on that. I think on that front we are doing we are doing very well. We have new stuff, and um, so um, and most of all, and honestly, I put my cards on the table. It's also really to make it to make it easy on Matt at this point, right? To not to not have him like because he has an already uh, a really bad backlog backlog of orders from the, when, from before when he left that need to be that need to be sorted, and that will keep him busy for weeks, right? So. Um, if I can give him actually precise numbers and give him and tell him like this is months away, you know, then he he'll do much better, you know. And I think this is true for every caster, obviously, but in general for for Matt and right now, I think, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's good for everybody. It's also good for Westphalia. It's good for the customers so that, that they can really, you know, many people. This this the other thing when I actually ask for what what do you guys want? What 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 would you like to see? A great many people are asking for stuff that we actually do have. They just didn't know. <laughs> so, and, and honestly, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, not that I was miffed. I, I just thought like, oh man, we are just not out there enough. It's just not visible enough, right. obviously. And I mean, if somebody's asking on the internet, hey, what kind of like halflings would you like to see? But yeah, obviously somebody's popping up and saying like, hey, I would like to see this, 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 and this. Maybe this guy wasn't to you, hasn't, has not been to your website. But that's why Kickstarter in a way is also very important. So that you can really sort of like broker this idea, 
to your to your customer base, to your to your to your backers, right? And I mean, let's face it, right? The first Kickstarter is, is many years has been many years ago. Many people have been coming to into the hobby since, right? And they are maybe just just not aware of what's going on. You're an expert at Kickstarter by this point. I mean, this will be your thirteenth Kickstarter, and they've all been successful. So <laughs> I know. it's oh, quite I know. the track record. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I must say that uh, uh, Kickstarter has changed a lot since my first Kickstarter. The first Kickstarter, it was really easy to host Kickstarter then. Like the enthusiasm and I think also the, 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 uh, um, it was just not as saturated with smaller companies, but most of all with huge companies that just don't leave that platform even after being huge, right? Which is, is a bit detrimental to the idea of Kickstarter. But I mean, I can see why Kickstarter is, keeps hosting them, right? Because it is such an event. But let's see, let's say, um, uh, Reaper, for example, I mean, their their bones their bones Kickstarter is an event mm-hmm. is is totally event. I mean I check it out myself every single time. Right. Right. But um, technically they have they're big enough and have a big enough following. They could leave that place to to companies that are much smaller, much much smaller than me. Right. And I mean companies that really just like want to see if this is working for them. Yeah. It, and it's kind of I I think what you're kind of summarize here it really has changed it's not it's not really a crowd a crowdfunding site anymore it's really become a marketing platform uh marketing for- platform pre-order platform that sort of thing yep, right yep. It's, it's like you yeah you know, and certain companies also really rely on kickstarter in that sense i mean look at cool mini or not could you imagine this company working outside of kickstarter right i mean I, this is a question that you don't even need to ask yourself because they've never really bothered this building, like all of that, they never really, they were never, never really interested in, in connecting like with their, with their customer base because they were never really part of it. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that to some degree they have an interest in painting, they have an interest in board games and that sort of thing. But by now, if you kind of like hit a certain threshold in terms of like income and turnaround of money, obviously a company is run by people that look at that money mostly and not people that look at. I mean, there's obviously the people that like. Uh, set a curse in terms of design, that sort of thing. These are people from the hobby. But I just don't believe that, like, uh, um, that it's that it's working the way they do and that it's, like, a good thing for the hobby the way they do it. Yeah, it, right? it's certainly so, very difficult to get noticed on Kickstarter now. For example, it's so different with Mantic, right? Because Mantic, they are, they are really hobby guys. You can, you can totally tell. You can totally tell that they also like with every Kickstarter they have, they are really getting like nervous and excited and that sort of thing. For them, it's not just like some <laughs> out of uh, out of the sky thing. No, they are successful, but rightfully so because they really like do it right and put like a lot of thought in there. However, um, again, threshold. I, personally, if I see like people like like Reaper sucking that thing money money wise empty for half a year, right? That's problematic. That's problematic for a lot of other companies that just kind of like can't really move into a certain direction that is interesting, that's beautiful. And I'm talking not really about myself. I'm talking about uh, really small companies that are out there. And where you see like the, the sculptor is like developing from Kickstarter to Kickstarter. There's like a small one. I'm not, not, not talking about names right now, uh, but but uh, I was actually backing a lot of them, right? And um, like the first Kickstarters, they're really like more like rough sculpts. And right now, they're yeah, really getting better, you know, and like, get to a point where you see like, oh man, this is actually beautiful and, and I, I'm, I'm actually genuinely excited about what comes next, just like the campaign doesn't get funded anymore, right? 
they are asking for a couple of thousand bucks for really work that is that was tremendous effort. That is actually quite nice. Not uh, cool mini or not nice. Not uh, bones cheap. Not this and that. But nice, you know, and original, really original. But they just don't get funded anymore. You know, and uh, this is something that really bugs me. You, you hit on something there, which is, you know, this is something that's in the board game industry too, right? There are so many games coming out every month. It's hard to get noticed. I mean, it's really hard. Back in the day, I used to appreciate Kickstarter from the standpoint, A, I was giving, you know, I, I really did feel like it was crowdfunding, right? I was really giving money to people that needed money for molds or whatever. But also, yeah. I like that concept of where we could communicate with the creator. I know, right? Give them feedback and say, hey, look, let's let's develop this, right? And, I, and we're kind of losing that a little bit. Yeah, not only a little bit, because, I mean, um, even for me, you know, I got, I got, I got quite, in all honesty, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, that's why I was actually pondering already if Kickstarter is like the right platform for me. The workload that I have that is generated from Kickstarter keeps me a bit from enjoying that as a hobby the way I used to. So, for example, communication during the Kickstarter campaign, I communicate during fulfillment, I communicate on the platform. But other than that, I have to, I, I'm waiting actually for people to send me a message if they are really concerned, if they have a worry, if something wrong has been sent. You know, I can't really like go to all those news feeds that are out there be they on Twitter, Facebook, and whatever, and check all of them. It's just too much, really. You know, so this this actually where I also think like this is threshold again. You know, this is like wise for me to kind of like be like on certain platforms still, because to be to to maintain it in a certain way, to maintain it in a way that I would appreciate as a uh, as a customer. You know, I, I would need to do it differently. You know, and. Um, yeah, so as you, as you said, I think I think you are you are indeed onto something with that, you know. And um, I, from my side, I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to be I try to be very critical towards myself, right? Because uh, I think it's important that you see yourself also as a customer, not only as somebody who tries to sell something. That's why every product that I'm actually selling in the end is something that I had in my hands and that I can say like, "Ooh, this is something that I'm actually excited about," right? And um, and the same with the way that I that I like to see uh, our backers treated, right? I want them to feel actually that they, oh, this is second to none. But sadly, right now, at least in terms of communication, I cannot provide that. The product, I think, is absolutely there, right? This this should be top shelf, and we can totally provide it. Just the communication. Oh, God, Robert, I can tell you. I, I wish I could spend so much more time on that, um, but I cannot. So I think it hasn't helped that I now have this toddler of all things, right? Because he's actually really good at communicating with me all the time. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a priority. There's absolutely, no absolutely. But, you know, yeah. you, I think you're beating yourself up a little bit because I think, honestly, for a smaller company like yourself that have gotten to the point where you're now going into 13 Kickstarter and they've all been successful, to your point, some are probably smaller than others, but that's really not – that's not really any indication of you. It's more about what you're putting out. Like you may have had smaller ranges that may have not had the draw, the big massive yeah. following. And you know, there's niche, I guess would be the better word. Exactly. And so you have some niche Kickstarters that may not do a lot, but you've had some pretty big, you know, hundred thousand dollar, you know, big ones. I mean, it's, it's all, it's, it's all been there, like various, various sort of like very different Kickstarters. And I mean, that's, that's also the fun of, of Kickstarter. When, when I just have like, a, um, even if it's like a couple of figurines where I think like this is sort of complete, right? This is a thing in itself that, that sort of like locks. Then I'm happy to put that like out there as like I said uh, on Kickstarter or how, how, who, uh, however I, I release that. 
that was true for the halflings. That's true, like for the last set, where I kind of like had just a couple of adventurers that, however, worked very well in a certain way, as I explained earlier, and uh, and so on, right? So, um, but this is also fun with miniatures, right? As soon as you have like a narrative that kind of like keeps developing in your head with the with the with the figurines, then you know you've done it right, right? If you just have like a box of orcs or a box of halflings, right? There is this is just not there yet. Right, it cannot happen uh, that you that you kind of like get into oh yeah this is the leader type and he oh yeah the way he holds like this 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 the drums or something like this everything tells something if you if you put figurines on the table right if you have a close look it's really a very sort of like I think a very sort of like artistic view in a way but this is really what miniatures are all about for me you know like really sort of like this this feeling that like a bunch of them generates for me you know and. Um, it is a very artistic experience for me, uh, uh, so to say, you know, uh, having the in front of me, painting them also. And yeah, anyway, um, halflings, man, the medium sort of like infantry types that we are, that we are putting out there. We will also have like a couple of new adventurers. Certainly we, um, listen to the feedback of the people. Like again, I was really, I think the hoplite is, is, is an idea that I really like. I like to somehow see also a little samurai dude, you know, an Ashigaru with, with this sort of like round head, you know, holding a Yari kind of like thing. Yeah. Just because, you know, so man. I, I got one for you. Where's the, where, yeah. where's the halfling pirates? Oh. You know, like a seafaring. Because I can see like in Kings of War making an army of like seafaring dudes, uh, you know, they're, they're like adventurers, you know. There's the thing about halflings and Tolkien that they that they are set to avoid water, right? And um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's it's always like with 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 fantasy, how far do I stray away from Tolkien, right? That's what it all boils down to: with everything, with orcs, with everybody, giants, blah. So, and um, I think I think because in a way you need to stay to some degree close to that man because otherwise people won't recognize what you're doing. Right, or it's like something that we are the Dungeons and Dragons or that sort of thing. We are the Gnolls and that sort of thing that has developed enough so people can recognize it to some degree. But anyway, uh, yeah, halflings. Yeah, I totally, I, I will totally do that. I will totally do a bunch of pirates, man. Nothing will keep me from doing that. And they will have beards and sideburns and eye patches and black uh, legs. Yeah, I love that. I totally, I love that. I love the idea. And um, Man, I have so much on the plate already. You know, it's, I, re, I will need to put a couple of these things into the stretch goals and hope for the best. Because honestly, I kind of like I need to make the money to, to kind of like realize that sort of thing. You know, and well, your, your store's been down for a few months. I know you were working on a website. Did you get the website all redone like you wanted? I did, as a matter of fact. Good. It was a good bit of work, but now we have like um, we have a couple of these sort of like ready to use website providers. I mean, I. I can I can sort of like code and and PHP and an HTML that sort of thing, but doing all of that yourself like my my former site I was a site that I actually built myself completely, and uh, honestly like updating stuff content that was all so painful. And now they have like this ready to use solution that cost me like I don't know uh, 150 bucks a year or something like this with a shop system and everything, and. Uh, you just like kind of like it's like using playing around in a, in a word doc, you know, right. and you just like write new stuff and put couple of pictures and good. So, yes, and it looks pretty too because I mean, uh, I, I need to, I mean, my, my HTML and that sort of thing is also all, all a bit dated, to be honest, you know. I think and this is also the other problem in that field that um, knowledge grows old pretty quickly, 
you know, so uh, yes, website, new shop, everything's beautiful and good. I just like the shop was still locked thanks to, um, yeah, Matt being uh, uh, out of the game for more than two months, actually. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's about it with the halflings, to be honest. When's it going live? Oh, actually, uh, I was getting a notice from Kickstarter that they would be done with the review by the 1st of August. Okay. Uh, 1st of August is a Thursday. You know, everybody is telling me all the time, man, you need to start on a Monday, right? You, you need to start on a Monday. If you don't start on a Monday, it will fail badly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know though. I honestly, you have a you have a captive audience. Uh, you, I mean, obviously, if you get two hundred freaking messages in a day, it's I obvious mean, that people are are they'll come on Friday, they'll come on Thursday, they'll come on Monday, they'll come any day, you know, whatever. As long as they know about it, they're gonna be there. I think it's more of these sort of like casual project of like the ultimate cooler bag or something like this. They really sort of like need a spike of um, social traffic. Anyway, you know, like because on Mondays or so, like this, it's like there is like these graphs, and I've seen them myself that that say like that on on Mondays or like in the beginning of the week, you have obviously sort of like the most sort of like casual traffic because um, towards the weekend everybody's going out to booze, right? And people are just not uh, busy on Instagram and Facebook and and that sort of thing, or actually don't look at that sort of thing, don't sit down and check out a Kickstarter campaign, which might be true to some degree, just. Um, yeah, again, I don't really think that's that's entirely true for uh, people that, oh, sorry, buy and uh, collect and paint figurines. And uh, they, are, they are a bit of a different breed, if, if you know what I mean, right? They, either, either they are like at home and, and, and paint and don't have a girlfriend yet. And after they have a girlfriend and family, they still sit at home and paint, right? So um, not much is changing in their lives, so to say, right? They are always available to some degree, just like me, right? I wish I was more like of a dashing dude that goes out and plays hockey and is dancing and all that thing, but I'm not. Really, I, I like it at home. I, I like to paint. I like to kind of like do, do proper hobby stuff. This is actually really my heaven as, as hobby stuff, right? And, you know, considering that it doesn't, for, for guys like us, it doesn't really matter too much if it's on a Monday. I mean, and honestly, if I miss out on five or ten backers because of that, then I just miss out on five or ten backers because of that. It's not going to kind of like cost me my happiness, you know? And um, actually, also, I kind of like, I feel like if you get this message, wow, I just got a message from Kickstarter, guys, I read it over for one more time, and tomorrow I'd like, blah, it's online, ha. But you know, this is just like so much more exciting than kind of like being this kind of like uh, cold hearted planning marketing person, that kind of like, aha, uh -huh, here on Monday at seven o'clock, we have like the highest spec. So that, that, that this is also mechanic, you know, so not me, so not not honest in a way. I mean, I guess to some degree you need to do that, you know, but honestly, I, I think it's it's almost a bit too much of a good thing, but I've seen all day, like, this is people that have, like, they make 2 3K on Kickstarter, and they act like really marketing pros already, you know, it's like um, a bit too much of a good thing. I mean, good on them, but, you know, uh, I feel almost it's... well. You know, I think part of it too, your product sells itself because once somebody gets a hold of one of the models and they see the quality of the sculpt and the quality of the oh, casting, it, oh, you know. That's so nice, Robert. But honestly, I mean, I hate bragging, right? Because, uh, um, well, that's my job, right? <laughs> thank, you. thank you, man. Thank you. But honestly, I, I also, it's just like Modern said, I like myself, that I paint myself, right? And, uh, I'm totally into that, and it's all—it's always been like that, right? I wanted models that kind of like make me personally very happy, 
and uh, and one picky bastard. You know, uh, this is this is really uh, uh, you know I, I'm. Now that I actually have my own miniatures company, I cannot publicly hate on other miniatures anymore. But believe me, I, I used to many years ago, just because I'm really very picky, you know. And that's why it's also that's why it hurts me so much if somebody comes back and say like, "Hey, look, that guy, um, you know, it's like the proportions and what's wrong with him." But that it actually really gets to me. I mean, I, I'm not carrying it to the outside, and I'm trying. I'm no, I'm not trying. I'm, I do act in a very mature way, but it really does get to me. Honestly, it does, it does, it does, it does. I think in terms of criticisms for miniatures, if it's casting or some technical thing or how they assemble, that's, you know, that's a fair criticism, you know, for any, for any model range. But if they're really just nitpicking the way it looks or the proportions of the model, I mean, I, you know, art is in the eye of the beholder. And so you, you're never going to make a model that everybody loves. It's just, that's just the nature of the beast. Certainly true. That's certainly true. A friend of mine, um, actually the guy that does the dark eye uh, range, was recently having like a post on Facebook on a private page. He was actually talking about like that he that came to his awareness that actually somebody was like uh, 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 using some soft puppets, kind of like to attack his work because like the owner of another company because there was like a, a range that was like developed at the same time in the young competition or something like this. You know, this is like the all-time low that you can reach as like a hobbyist and as somebody who likes miniatures and as somebody who's into that hobby. When you're actually starting to attack others around you, when you actually consciously start copying others around you. Right. right? This is like, this is really, really, really an all-time low. And I, I can't, I cannot say it often enough. I really, I have nothing but contempt for people that do it. Honestly, like be a bad hobby person. You are a bad person forever in my book and I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Because this is also such a such a resource, such a refuge, right, for many people, right? The hobby. Oh God, yeah, no, I can leave my office job behind. I can leave this terror behind and kind of like my whatever failed in their life and can retire to my hobby community, to the nice people that are there. I can enjoy it fully. I can be myself. I don't need to act as if I'm like somebody else, you know. And um, this is just this this something that you can't pay for this money, really. You know, and, and this is also why it's so important for me to kind of like give something back to these people, you know, to, 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 to prove in a way that I'm part of that community rather than somebody who just wants to kind of like, may I take advantage of them, right? Or kind of like make a quick buck. Uh, this is not, this is not a cheap, uh, cheap sales pitch. I'm also not a socialist or something like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it has nothing to do with this, like yeah. being, being political or something like this i mean honestly it's capitalism right i think if you're in it to make them to to make a business sustain long term then what you're just saying is that's not how you do that exactly yeah exactly you know for as long as you try to be a good person just this is what it really all boils down to right be a good person right if you cannot manage to be a good person if you if you kind of like have these sneaky thoughts in the back of your head and that sort of thing you know then then you're just not you know what I'm saying? For me personally, I don't want to waste my time talking about you know like negative stuff because I, there's only so much time in the day, and I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on what's positive and what you know what makes me happy. Fifty, right? I don't have this much time on this planet anymore. I kind of like want to want to spend the rest of my time like really all pleasant and, and beautiful, and uh, um, so uh, uh, yeah, looking at. Yeah, it's, it's such a such a shame. Often, if you see, like for example, in the field of Dungeons and Dragons, I think also to some degree in, in, in Warhammer, I, I wouldn't know because I don't read it too much. Like on how 
very enthusiastic people about hurting and, and, and hurting each other, being weird towards each other, and just pissing on every everybody's day, you know, this is, oh, man, I'm, I'm very happy actually that I don't see that in this community yet. Part of it though is is the is the rise of the internet, right? Because like we see that on Facebook, right? Of course, of course. Hey, you know. we have a Kings of War Facebook page with about nine thousand people, and when you have that many people, you're gonna have some <laughs> apples. There's just nothing you can do about it. You're gonna some are gonna get through the door. Oh, of course, of course. But this is humanity, right? I mean, this this is how it works. And you need to, obviously, I mean, uh, uh, I take it easy. I always take it easy and I never really get like the only time that I really in, within the uh, hobby that I got fired up publicly and quite a bit was when actually somebody on our page, on our Facebook page was accusing us or actually Boris Volosin in that case uh, of, of stealing a design of a miniature. That was really getting to me because we would never do something like this. And uh, it was actually like a bard that uh, uh, that has like the, the fingers like in a sort of like heavy metal pose. Yeah. And it's like moshing a bit, you know, his head down. And these people, they also have something like this. They have a barbarian who does something like this, right? And we have, we have uh, an elf. That's a typical trope. I mean, that's like, that's not... Completely, right? Right, yeah. I mean, it's like that that, that pose has probably been around 100 different miniatures for 50 years. In the beginning, I tried to be really nice and and tell him like, hey, look, I mean, uh, uh, this is like, this is how it happened on our side and everything's nice. And then like his partner came up and, hey, this accusation stands and that sort of thing. I mean, this was like, in all honesty, I got so pissed, out of my mind pissed. And this was also a lesson because I realized if people like this turn up, I mean, I didn't delete it to the very end. I didn't delete it at all. Still, I have not deleted it. They deleted it in the end themselves. And one of them came actually to me and publicly apologized, which was like after a while, they uh, apparently realized that you can't do that sort of thing, that it's not right to do it. Even if you believe it, if you're going to run a business, you have to be quiet. (laughs) That's the worst thing. You you know, not all publicity is good. I just told you, I'm pretty sure that some people got at least, at the very least, inspired by what we are doing. Never would I go like after them and kind of like to their Facebook, you are cock shits and I can't talk about this. It's not allowed. And, you know, never. Because I also have some dignity. If somebody is taking aesthetic cues from your range, it must mean you're doing something right. Well, well, that, I mean, but again, this is like such a standard trope also, you know? I mean, to be honest, uh, um, it wasn't even my idea. Somebody else told me years ago that he actually started doing something, Matt Bickley, of all people, you know, who did our, our Northern Mercenaries. He told me years about that he actually did um, a dark elf that was actually walking, doing the thing, had the guitar on the back. And so that, that idea was kind of like cooking inside of me, like, what if he plays that thing? And... Then I told Boris about it, and he kind of like did a miniature. And next thing I know is that like some people pop up and say like, "Hey, you stole the idea from our barbarian," you know. And I was, you know, for a while I was even pondering this barbarian. I'm so happy I didn't do a barbarian. Is all I can say, right? Because I mean, it might have just happened, and these people would have felt like so empowered about their their idea of me stealing their things, you know. Which is, in a way, it just proves also that you need to be very careful. With, with such accusations, right? Um, to me anyway, right? Especially in the business you guys are in, which is a small, very tight-knit niche thing. You know, at some, I mean, again, at some point, I even thought, like, there was um, a Kickstarter for some skirmish game, right? And I thought, like, oh, yeah, some of some of the design ideas, the rough ideas, like, oh, now they have also an ogre, and they have now also somebody with, like, a backpack, 
there's a little guy sitting in there. But I would never have said like this kind of like stealing our ideas. You know what? If they would have been inspired by what we are doing, nice. Rising tide raises all boats. It just means we are, we are doing it right. You know, and uh, and uh, this is all I can say about that. You know, and this is like all that I w- would say about that. Even if if somebody would tell me like, hey, actually, I proved that, blah, blah, blah. And here's like a tape of them talking about it or something. I would say like, yeah, yeah, good. What do you expect me to do? I do think the fact that you've had so much success with your halflings, there's a lot of people making halfmen now. <laughs> and and, I, and I'm, sure, I'm sure some of that is the fact that it's a popular trope, as you why said. Wouldn't why, why wouldn't it be, right? I mean, this is how hobby works, and, and I, I totally appreciate that. And um, yeah, again, uh, I think if it comes to halflings, we're still pretty much on top of everything. As it's hard to kind of like get to where we are right now. And the next Kickstarter, is kind of, I think, I think there is there is a company. Um, I like them also very much. Stonehaven. They they also have a really nice sort of like uh, range, you know, and, and beautiful stuff. And I'm I'm absolutely I, I'm happy to actually put like names out there and to to kind of like suggest other ranges also that are in competition to ours because honestly. I don't think that any of that is like weakening our position in the market. On the contrary, the more people buy halflings, the better for us by the end of the day. Even if these these are not our ranges or something like this, right? The more people get into the hobby, the more people are interested in what what, what we are doing. You know, this is I find that all beautiful. That's also why I'm uh, incredibly keen to uh, um, still send out sponsor items to everybody to uh, to everybody who's asking. So with this in mind, if you have an event coming up, just ask Westphalia. We sent you a nice parcel for you and your buddies. Uh, if it's eight people, I think this is the minimum that we kind of like internally agreed on. If it's eight people, then we sent you a tiny parcel with, I don't know, a big piece and eight small pieces. If you have a nice big event with 100 people, we sent you more than 100 items, right? So, uh, and, um, yeah, just to put that out there again. You know, we, we are very happy to sponsor uh, whatever event is coming up. Uh, for as long as you have like a bit of a side, I mean, it shouldn't be too fishy, right? I mean, you must have time, thought about this for a while because you tied it perfectly because, you know, Kings of War is going into their third edition in October. Bloody hell. Yes, it's true. So you, you must have just, you know, and that's good timing on your part. They, 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 must, they, must, they must continue also the, the Halflings, obviously, right? They, they are not going oh, to... Oh, no, they're, they'll still be around, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I know that they were nerfing uh, a couple of units from what I remember, like the second breakfast uh, formation or something like this. There was some nerfing going on. I have that in the back of my head. I, I can't really remember all the details, but I think there was some nerfing going on. Uh, um, but yeah, obviously, hey, yeah, third edition. Do we already know something about the army list? Is there something that we should take into account? Should I wrap something up for them? Or We don't know. Honestly, we, we yeah, like they've kept it super tight lip, and we won't know until October. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So are we going to get some chariots finally? Uh, you know... The thing with war machines, right? Because I need, need to explain that to you. It's like a lot of people ask for them. They are incredibly expensive to produce uh, and uh, to, to sculpt, and only very few people really buy them. And you're only going to buy a couple for the army, as opposed to a halfling sculpt, which you might buy 50. You know, the, the thing is with, with, with chariots, in a way, I would like, to de- I would like things to sort of like be feel thematically right to to fit into like a certain sort of like uh, um, theme like such as this hundred year war thing right and hundred year war chariot what would that be right I mean uh, or chariots in general this is more like a thing of the of antique times right, right. So you could say like for example 
I have like these Greek to, to stick with this Greek theme, right? That you would say, all right, I have like you no know, the sort of like Greek chariot, like uh, 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 with, with like these sort of like blades on the side, you know, uh, on the wheels. I don't really know what you call them, like skies. Yeah, sky- the sky wheels. Sky, yeah, th. You know, you, please ask every German you meet uh, to to say something with th. <laughs> Skyest. I don't know, man. I cannot do it. Anyway, so, yeah, uh, something like this maybe would be, a, again, you know, honestly, it also depends on the funding here. But mm-hmm. if I see, like, that, that proper money is coming in, proper money, money that actually justifies research and development, right, because this is something that's necessary if you want to do stuff like this, then, yeah, totally, I will do stuff like this. I will absolutely do stuff like this. But then I still would look at the things that are, that have the most chance to sell right away, right? And from what like, I mean, there's like one one guy that asks like repeatedly for steam tank. There's one guy that actually, or two guys that actually ask for chariots. There's three or four guys that ask like for something with wings, right? And it needs to be a couple more. Oh, I get it. To kind of like make sure that it's really financially viable. But if that campaign goes crazy, right? And if, if proper money is being made, then I do the entire thing. Then, then they get wings, every single one of them. And, uh, um, and I will do chariots. Actually, I would like to do like some, as part of like this peasant revolt theme that I had with the Halfman, I would like to do actually some sort of like crazy peasant chariot that has like some, some sort of like attachments, like that maybe comes like on four wheels. There's a guy with a man catcher on it, you know, that sort of thing, you know, and, uh, uh, like a bit more of a, uh, 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 a crazy humoristic cartoonish thing right. rather than like that serious, you know? So I think that might actually work. And however, Again, it really also depends on the money. Uh, so I'm right now, actually, uh, before we were talking about it, and after we will stop, I'm, I'm working on a Kickstarter right now on that uh, scratch goal thing because I'm trying to figure out what kind of money needs to come in to uh, justify yeah, a bit more of the fancy things, you know, right? Because, I mean, a single hoplite uh, can do quite quickly, a single Highlander or something like this. These things that were suggested, I'm actually happy to do because it's actually fun. Right to do like these things, you know, people will buy, will want to buy like ten of them, you know, for a little unit or so, you know, just like we used to have the dogs of war with Warhammer, mm-hmm. right? The best, best, the best thing about Warhammer back then was we had the dogs of war, right? The absolutely best units were the dogs of war. I love every single one, right? And um, just like back in the day, uh, in the, in the, I mean, the idea stems from the very old days of, of Citadel miniatures. Then we had actually the regiments of renown, right? And this was like, uh, there was like dark elves and gargoyles and that sort of thing, but already like organized into little units of sorts, right? Where you had repeat models and that sort of thing. And, uh, um, yeah, I'm totally sold to that idea. And I love it. Man, I love that so much. Really. Oh God. This is really why I got into that sort of like thing of miniatures, you know, because Citadel was so awesome back then. Really. Ah. Well, I, I kind of think that we're living in the golden age right now because um, there, I mean, people that like to paint or play play these war games, th- there's so many options out there. If you don't like this one specific range, there's 10 others you can go look at. I mean, it's it's great. B- bad for business because it's harder to harder to get visibility and harder, you know, harder to make a buck. But from a from a customer standpoint, uh, it's it's I mean, it's unbelievable. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I can only agree about that. I mean, it's 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 fantastic, actually. And um, you know, in a way, in a way, 
as somebody who, who kept the customer mentality at least to some degree, I can I can safely say that that I totally enjoyed it myself. Honestly, it's uh, there's not much that I mind about uh, about the hobby right now, except really like obvious ripoffs of IP stuff. I don't like that. I don't like if well, yeah, or recasting. You know, there there are some negatives for sure. Yeah, but I mind I mind especially if like established companies do do it. Do it. I, I don't think that's right. For example, to give you an example, and I'll be, I'll be straightforward with that because I don't need to hide my, my feelings here. Right? A, lo- a lot of people have told me also that I, that is sort of like wrong, but I really think I'm, I'm spot on with that. The, the, uh, the, new, the new series, like a Game of Thrones, right? Like you look at these infantry types. I remember a company uh, that does hard plastics was having a Kickstarter where they're actually proposing like exactly these things, right? Like Stark troops and... Uh, Lannister troops and that sort of thing. We are not calling them that. That was exactly that. I mean, I don't think that's all right. Honestly, I don't think that's right. It's the licensing process on one hand, but also, but what does it tell about you? I mean, you're just too cheap to invent your own stuff. This is what it tells about you, right? And I mean, I, uh, I mean, I, I don't mean to be too negative here, but you know, yeah, I, I, I think that's not good for the hobby. I think there's two, there's two, two groups here though, and I think most of the people. Uh, that are the smaller companies are coming at it from a creative standpoint. And I think those folks, they're full of originality and there's no problem there. They're going to come up with their own cool concepts and they're ready to roll. I think there's probably a smaller group that's maybe that maybe lacks that creative vision and maybe that's where then they, they lean on, you know, either the, 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 the established tropes or even what's out in the market now because they, they see an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, rightfully so. I mean, there's... You know, I don't see it as a problem to do, to do um, for example, especially if you're historical miniatures, right? I, I think there's like, mm, yeah, I mean, Second World War Germans, how many ranges are out there? 50, 60, or maybe more? I don't know, but likely a lot. A lot. And you know, every new range is successful. <laughs> so, yeah, miniatures, miniatures. It's such a fun thing to see also the, the, the scene developing. It's a bit of a shame if you see like, how certain sales channels such as Kickstarter are somewhat clogged by people that don't really should not be in in in, in need of that thing too much, right? But uh, um, then again, you know, I mean, you can't really like people are out there. This is just like also very personal opinion, you know. I mean, again, uh, it's like a thing uh, talking to you and talking on the podcast and kind of like putting my personal opinion out there versus like acting as a company. And, and kind of like, uh, kind of like giving, giving like professional opinions on something because, you know, by the end of the day, I appreciate that everybody needs to make money and companies that grow with Kickstarter make their money and have their stuff. They have every right to be there for as long as Kickstarter is all right with it. It's, it's okay. But should be considered as the effect that has on the, on the larger audience and on, uh, uh, other companies, smaller companies. But as Kickstarter has grown, I think the platform is now, I, I don't know what the breakdown would be, but, Say ten years ago, I would say seventy-five percent. I'm just making this up. It's probably not the accurate, but seventy-five percent of the Kickstarters are actually were crowdfunding, right? Companies that were small enough that actually needed the money to to, to make these projects successful. And now it's probably the other way around. Maybe only twenty-five percent of the projects are actually crowdfunding, and the other seventy-five percent are larger companies that that already are established. Yes, 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 yes. And, you need- and and it's you know, and I think it's part of it just because the the, the eyes, the eyeballs that that Kickstarter is attracting. You know, it's worth for a lot of companies. It's worth the ten percent cut, right? It's worth the it's worth the co- the price of admission because you're getting more people to see it. 
Um, so uh, it's gonna be interesting. What you know, what what's Kickstarter gonna be like in ten more years? I I don't know. No, that's not that's really interesting question. Where this is going? Where the ship is going? Because uh, the the platform. I mean, you can actually there's parallels out there, right? For example, look at video games. Like I remember when the iPhone one came out because I was working in a company at this point that made mobile games of all things, right? So obviously we're doing a couple of games for the the first iPhone, and the app store opened. And everybody was like, oh, wow, that's such a nice marketplace. You can, you are seen, you know, you can put something out there. Like every game that we did in, uh, during that day got featured. Right? This is actually during that time we made most of my money anyway. So, and uh, um, it took about one and a half to maybe three years. That was the point when um, all those programmers in uh, second and third world countries got grips on how you code. Uh, uh, for for that family of phones and how you develop graphics that are sort of like proper and that sort of thing, and all of a sudden like the world got spammed with games, games of a certain quality. Even there was still a lot of really bad games out there, but also a lot of quality games. So all of a sudden, that was not really something that you could go to and be seen have like guaranteed money anymore. It became a lottery. So you needed to resort to sort of like marketing and hardcore marketing like that, right? You need to do everything right. You need to invest. 10, 15, 20, 30,000 bucks to be seen and make sure that you have a return of investment and then you still need to be lucky to have like something on top of that, right? So, and I think this is a tendency with everything that's successful, right? To some degree, you'll see that, you see things developing in that direction even though in that field, you still need virtual, uh, you still need physical assets to, to make games, to make miniatures and that sort of thing. I think this is a, this is something that will keep a lot of people at bay that otherwise would join in and would uh, kind of like spam uh, the market, like we've seen like with the App Store, for example, right? So this is, but I think the tendency will be there to some degree that there will be a couple of really big players like in the App Store. It's like Electronic Arts, Gameloft, and blah blah blah, and in our field it will be uh, Cool Mini or not, and, and that sort of thing, and uh, um, and Reaper maybe. And they they will they will dry up a lot of the money that's there, but they will also sort of like maintain the importance of that platform, right? Because for as long as they are there, people will go to that platform. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. So there's a lot of plus and uh, and and minus uh, cons and pros that that are to be considered. And I'm really not enough of an expert to have like an educated uh, 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 opinion on how that impacts the the. the the hobby in general, but it can't be a bad thing for the hobby if there's many companies that make millions on Kickstarter with hobby products, right? So this, this just like as a general thing. You know, Kickstarter, specifically miniatures and board games in general, are seeing phenomenal growth. Maybe a larger portion is going to the bigger companies, but the whole the whole pie is is increasing too. So uh, it's I, I don't know where it's going to go in ten years. I really I really don't. I, well, yes, it might, might be changing also. You, I'm absolutely sure you're right when you said that the pie is growing, but I'm sure that at least for a while, the slice that was going to the sort of like very tiny companies, to the people that do that like from, like when they have time to do it, uh, that certainly got smaller. And uh, I can also say as a tendency, our Kickstarter got smaller. Like the funding uh, that is going into our Kickstarter, it's, um, I think it's 10 to 15%. In general, that, that I would say like is, is coming in less because I mean we have metrics, you can look at numbers. So in the beginning, um, Kickstarters were still bigger, 
Yeah, that's as, as, as much of a critic, but um, again, it's not exactly like that this is, again, you know, at this point, I'd actually rather not do Kickstarters anymore, but in the current situation, all things considered, we do this Kickstarter, and obviously also if we do campaigns with other people, with people that we are taking licenses from, if they want to do Kickstarters, then we do Kickstarters, right? That's just how it is, like the Dark Eye and so on. And there will be also others coming up later this year, cannot really talk about that yet. And I mean, naturally, like there will be like the uh, um, lone wolf stuff also. The gear, I've seen the gears. Oh man, they're beautiful. And uh, I don't know. Do you remember the lone wolf? Choose your own adventure yeah. book from Gary Chalk and and Joe Dever. Yeah. yeah. So uh, um, yeah, you're old enough. Fortunately, old enough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, again, the miniatures they come along very nicely. And uh, so this is something that I'm again. This is like this hobby kid uh, inside of me that's so excited about that. Um, yeah, but uh, again, I think three, four days from what I can see and that Halfling Kickstarter will actually go live already. So as you're listening to this, I'm pretty sure that uh, the Kickstarter will be live. So that's awesome. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited if, uh, for that thing to happen. I mean, obviously it might well happen that I think it happened at some point that Kickstarter was actually turning up and had like some, some issue. I don't really remember what it was anymore. I think it was some of the personal data that was incomplete, something really silly. That need to be like uh, amended, but uh, unless that is happening, or unless something else that is completely unforeseeable and horrible is happening, we will start that campaign in a couple of days. What are you most excited about? What's what's the one thing that y- that you think this this Kickstarter is going to bring to bring to the world that uh, we haven't seen yet? Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a couple of things that I think we haven't seen yet. I think I think. Uh, uh, I think pretty much all the kicks, the, the, the halfling releases and, and that Kickstarter were pretty darn unique. Uh, again, I, I talked about this hoplite already. I, I think somebody, somebody requested a, a gypsy, uh, which was like some, some crystal ball and I was right away sold to that idea. We will, uh, likely see, um, girl fighters if the, if the funding is, is right. Because currently, if I look at the ranges out there, the girls all have aprons if they go to the fields. And I think that is pretty, that is a bad thing. You know, you shouldn't send your girls with aprons to the field. Because, you know, as a man of um, part Kurdish heritage, you know, I strongly believe in fighting women. And um, no, of, none of our Kurdish girls have aprons when they go and uh, wield their weapons, right? So uh, uh, Kurdish, Kurdish halflings, eventually, well, one of the things that we're also pondering right now is like tiny, 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 tiny little set of science fiction art. Oh, yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I know, right? Because, oh, man, I would like that. But anyway. Uh, how about how about a demolition team? Little little like guy with a pick and he's got some explosives. Like for, for sieges and stuff, right? God, I love that so hard. I love that so hard. I love that so good. The demolition team. Yeah, absolutely. We do that. Also, you know, like uh, if you if you switch switch to science fiction, you can do so many nice things that that Games Workshop was never considering. Like a little hacker team, for example, that has a drone. You know, they kind of like take cover in a little corner. You know, and just let a drone fly. And you know, only drones to like do their thing and that sort of thing. You can do really nice stuff, really nice stuff in that field. And um, I think the problem with science fiction is, however, it's so sort of like forty k centric, right? It never sort of like Never, never did it happen that uh, like these other games were really taking like any any speed, you know, that kind of like got developed beside 40k. You know, and ranges are really only successful if they sort of like resemble to some degree at least uh, um, 
40K or the aesthetics of 40K. Whatever you make, you want to make it compatible with 40K, right? Because <clears throat> that's, I mean, that that is definitely the big juggernaut in army scale gaming. But, you know, I will say there's a ton of little spec ops, science fiction, you know, whether it's Dead Zone or Kill Team. I mean, there's there's a lot of games out there that are smaller, you know, 12, 9, 12, 15 guys that are figure agnostic and you can play with whatever you want. Also, more and more people are happy to use proxies in their games, right? Because the, the idea of, like, you get groomed by Games Workshop to only play Games Workshop games with Games Workshop figurines in Games Workshop locations, uh, being overwatched by Games Workshop personnel, that sort of thing. You know, this is like, I think this is something, a thing of the past more and more, right? And um, this is partially because of the people growing up, but also because... Uh, uh, this, again, this is, this is what I really appreciate about companies like that's Puppet Wars or that sort of thing, right? They are, they are big and, and huge, right? But they really broke the ice for, for others, you know, to kind of like, hey, this is what we have. How do you like that? How do you feel about that, right? If you would be the first, it would be really hard to do that. But a couple of people are doing it and kind of like are bashing on it. That's why, again, um, I, I don't want Reaper to stop what they're doing. I don't want too many or not to stop what they're doing. Certainly not Mantic to stop what they're doing, right? Um, however, I, uh, I would like to see um, smaller companies um, amongst them, of course, uh, 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 um, also to some degree mine, um, to, to maintain their share in that field. Because it is, it is obviously hard. If you, if you have like somebody who has a budget of like millions to start with, who develops things, can develop like molds and has everything is very affordable and cheap because they know that they have virtually thousands of customers, right? That uh, then it's pretty hard to compete with something like this. You know, you'd make like, you need to make an investment that would be actually threatening like the, the fortunes of your family, so to say, right? And uh, I'm totally not <laughs> to do that. So uh, um, and I think nobody else is, is, is prepared to do that because having a company that's, below a certain threshold of like, I don't know, whatever it is, 600,000 or 700,000 or whatever that money is, really is, I, I have no idea. I'm not a money guy, I'm a miniature You're the guy. creative guy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, um, but to some degree, I think, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that I, I work with people who are really, every single one of them is a creative force of their own, right? I mean, I don't really need to tell them anything. They just... They just enjoy what they're doing so much. They come up with brilliant ideas that I that I would have never come uh, came up with. That's why also, I mean, the the brilliant halfling idea of that range. It's really a kudos to to Michael Anderson. It was really his idea to do that. And I mean, it helps that he's a reenactor who likes to dress a bit that way himself, right? Him and his friends. They kind of like they actually they go to France and kind of like reenact these battles with like uh, a couple of hundred people. Actually, quite impressive these pictures. Let me tell you that. And, um, yeah, and, uh, obviously it helps that you, that these people are really knee deep into armor and into, into the weaponry of the time that they have experience that is like, I mean, it's Paul Hicks. I started working almost 10 years ago, right? So, um, the experience that you gain in the field, if you work for 10 years, right, is just tremendous, right? This is just how it works for human beings. And, um, so yeah, again, kudos to my sculptors, awesome guys, and they are they are the the true heart of Westphalia. Is really is really what they are doing. I must say it, and uh, I'm very happy to pull the strings together 
and to bring these things to the market and that sort of thing. And but honestly, I'm their biggest fan myself. Really, I like what, what these guys are doing. I like to paint their stuff. If any of them are listening, I love you guys. I love you. <laughs> Personally, honestly, I do. You know, the the, the sculpts that they're putting out are, are amazing. <laughs> I know, right? I know. It's again. I think I'm enough of a fanboy to truly to really say that. I mean, yes, I owe these ranges, but I really love what's happening there, right? And I mean, um, it's, it, it doesn't sound modest enough. I know, I know, I know, I know. I should sound more mad modest, but I really, I just really like it. I, I honestly. But well, I mean, I think on? you said it though. You can't take credit for the sculpt, right? So I mean, you don't have to be modest. I mean, it's somebody else. You may give them direction, but they're the exactly. ones. They're the ones uh, capturing that vision and and actually exactly. manifesting it into this three D sculpt. That's exactly how, how. What I think also makes that thing successful that I can really like that my enthusiasm is not not one that is actually driven by the need to make money or by the need to kind of like to 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 sort of like sell something, but it's honest. You know, I share something to a group of people that that are like-minded, that like the same stuff as I do, and they are they are they are excited about the same things. They kind of like the input is like the input that friends would give me, right? That kind of like this is how it feels to me anyway, right? I don't feel overwhelmed or kind of like oh no, I need to keep these guys at bay and don't need to give them this or that. That might also be the reason that once in a while uh, our communication might not appear as professional. That's the communication that I was put out there. But, I mean, again, do I really need to? No, I don't even want to. You know, I mean, I want to talk to people the way I kind of like, the way my friends are talking to me, you know, the way I'm talking to my friends. Because this actually when you get also honest feedback, right? And if somebody on top of that is a fan of what we're doing, hey, aim into that, right? I mean, that that makes me that makes me really happy. And uh, um, really, it makes me, makes me, you know, it's almost as if your kids marry a nice person. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you see, like, oh, yeah, my, my baby is, like, oh, no, he's or she's so happy, like, with this person. And, man, they are getting married, and they, they are going to have babies. I'm so excited for them. This is how I feel if my – this is how I feel if I see somebody like you painting my miniatures to such a high standard. I feel, ah, oh, yeah, this is nice. This is where they should be. This is exactly what I want from 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 – this is how closely attached I am to, to these miniatures, you know? I mean, I don't know, it sounds a bit ridiculous and a bit geekish. And, um, but yeah, I really, I really have, I think I'm emotionally connected to these guys. Good Lord. Yeah, anyway. That's why people like you, though, right? That's why people follow you. That's why people buy your stuff, because you have passion. Yeah, I think, I think that must be true to some degree. I don't know. I mean, if you look, you just look at your, the, the you know, you have the, uh, the Westphalia page, but then you also have the Westphalia Group Therapy, which is just a bunch of like-minded, crazy nut jobs <laughs> that like just painting models, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, <laughs> like all kinds of stuff. And it doesn't matter. It's just, we just want, people just want to see painted models. They don't care why, how. Or what? They just, they just want them. It's, it's all about the hobby, right? I mean, it's, I, I think it's beautiful that people really sit down and do that. Because it's such a... It's also... It's so hard to do. Painter's block, right? People have that for a reason, right? Because it is really hard to get down, to get organized, to set that up, and then get into painting. And, and you really need to be into it to keep maintaining that. If you have a break of a week, you already have the painter's block. You know what I'm saying? This is why... Uh, what? What a feeling it is if you have an army of several hundred models in front of you, ranked up and ready to play a game, right? I mean, this is just second to none, right? This is something that really only like these sort of like uh, uh, model building guys and and uh, uh, wargaming guys know. This feeling, 
was getting to the point where a project is sort of like now it's ready and I put it on the shelf and it stands there and looks at me and it's beautiful. And we, unlike the model guys, the model building guys, obviously can take it off the shelf and play, right? Which makes us so superior, right? It's, it's <laughs> just incredible. And um, yeah, but yeah, again, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a hobbyist at heart. I've always been, I, I'm a gamer at heart. Uh, that won't change anymore. Uh, my boys are, and uh, I think the worst thing that, that was happening to me was when actually my, my boy had his first girlfriend and stopped like being interested in that sort in that, in that thing altogether for a while. Now he's slowly getting back into it after he's done with his university and uh, slowly, very slowly and carefully because he still feels that he's a bit too mature for it. But you know how it is, right? <laughs> That's right. It's, it's, That's right. We all, we all find our way home now. I know, I know, right? It's like sooner or later, it's, it's happening. I think it really helps, however, if you start a family, right? Then you can be sure of that girl and you know, oh yeah, she's seen it all, right? There's no, there's no surprises anymore that kind of like might drive her away from me, you know? So I, I get, I crack the minis out and hey baby, look here. <laughs> well, I think too though, I think now we're in a modern age where- Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I, I'm so I'm so sorry. I really I sound a bit like like an old man, and I think. <laughs> well, I'm an old man too, so it's okay. So, right. So so it's it's all legend. I should actually sound like an old man. Well, I'm excited. So we're looking at maybe August first to have this thing go live or thereabouts. First August second, I think August third at the at the latest. I okay. mean, unless something unexpected happens, it, it goes live very soon. I can't wait to see what it does. Like you said, it, it probably won't do. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, you've kind of built up quite a following so it's hard to say i mean i think i think there is a couple of people that will buy halflings i'd be very surprised if they wouldn't oh no there's always room for more halflings it's also a lot of people asking for like some of the oop stuff to come back i mean now it's there like for 20 30 days so um it's a, it's a chance to pick it up i mean i honestly i don't expect like the this to go like as strong as like the first halfling kickstarters that we had out there right and everything was new and shiny right but there's a new and shiny stuff in that. It's an opportunity to get reinforcements, right? Most people, like a lot of the players that have already bought their armies during the first two Kickstarters or whatever, they're gonna they're gonna come back now to get some of the some extra pieces to, to reinforce their, their That's list. That's what I think. And again, I mean, this time it's also it's really very affordable, right? So um, there should be a couple of incentives to uh, to go right in and to to make everybody happy. <laughs> I'm excited in front of every Kickstarter, no matter if it's a big one or a small one. I'm always excited. Especially yours, because I've noticed that you, you guys typically don't get a lot of negative feedback. Like you, you, you mentioned some of the bigger guys, like Cool Me or Not. You go to those guys' comments, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of negativity. But like, because I think you're such a positive influence or you have a positive aura, be, I think it transcends to the, the people that are backing your stuff. And you know, for the most part, I think it's pretty pretty positive. I think for someone like Cool Mini or not, it might also be that they are just not so available that you can just like that you feel a bit like you're renting into some echo chamber, right? Whereas if you have a rent sooner or later with fire, you will see it. And I mean, again, it's, I, I take something like this extremely seriously, extremely seriously, because uh, not only does the business depend on me being perceived as somebody trustworthy, I just I don't want to people to think that I don't care or that I'm that I'm that I'm a bad person, right? As simple as that, right? So um, I think this is this is the main uh, main difference. If you have like somebody who just does like the social media sort of like channel of a who manages that of a company like Cool Mini or not, or if you have actually somebody who's 
yeah, responsible in, in every sense for what's going on, right? They, they've got, I think you have the advantage of you are a singular person. You're a single voice. And so, you know, you are in control of the message. When you got those bigger organizations, you got four or five people. Like you may have one guy that runs the Kickstarter and another guy's doing the marketing. And sometimes it's hard to, to make the message consistent. I, I, I wouldn't even know what impact this, this must have on, on, on the actual campaigns because I, I, I must tell you, I'm happy that I'm running everything alone in that regard. Because, I mean, I was working in corporate for a long time, uh, like in my professional work career, and I can tell you, oh, pain in the ass, man, really, pain in the ass. It's like working with the larger the team, the more horrible it is, really. And, I mean, I, I, I love all of my former co-workers in case somebody's listening, awesome people. But, uh, um, yeah, working with large teams is just like a completely different challenge, right? It's also, it's also because everybody's incredibly sensible. You know, if it's only me, I can't just like take every hit and just swallow it down and keep on. You know, if there's other people involved, you know, oh, God, believe it. You need dismounted winged hussars. Oh, dear. <laughs> I think, honestly, they will be the biggest seller in that campaign. Asking about them, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, the winged hussars are an amazing model. I've got about 10 done so far with a few more. And I'm just like, they're, they're, they're I will say, they're, they're, I don't know what it is about them. They're just, they're just fun to paint. Yeah, I really like to paint my mind too. I was having a, a fantastic time with it, but I think it's also the story that's behind them. You know, that, that sort of like the idea of them like dashing down that mountain, destroying a, a, an army that is actually threatening like a city. You know, it's just like very sort of, there's all this romantic sort of like storytelling in there, you know, and it's just something that appeals to many people. It was great talking to you, Kawi. Have a great evening and we'll talk soon. Really enjoying it. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on... Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. That's so hot.